This is AI Podcast. Not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, 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 loyal listeners. How are you? And welcome to Agency Intelligence Podcast, where we give you real agents inside a real agents, real agency, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. Well, here we try to make you think. Isn't that right, loyal listeners? We want you to do nothing but think, challenge what you've been told, accept the things that still work, and challenge those even more to successfully fail. That's what this is all about successfully failing. I've really been fascinated with that lately. You ought to check it out in some of the the talkings and the writings of Jeff Bezos and Amazon. You will hear about successfully failing, which is really cool. Google did a very similar thing of it as well. And there you'll know that this is going to be a great podcast because just in the intro, I've already went off topic. Today, we are joined by Mr. Dave, don't call him Jack because he's somebody's son, Dave Jackson, who everybody knows out there is just the giver of life to our insurance industry from the IAOA. You're a witness, Dave. I said it, I said it correctly there. You and, sure did. That's uh-huh. the first time ever, too. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that. In the meantime, before we talk about that AI brain share, AI brain share, um, please go there. I will tell you, so far from what I'm seeing, today is March 11th. I am seeing to where we have not had the registrations being completely straight up with you that I thought we had. I reached out to four or five people who are very close to me who have not signed up, and I said, "What's the deal?" I know it's just something we're thinking about right now, but we won't be for long, but the, the the coronavirus. So they're thinking to themselves like, oh, I don't want to sign up yet, and this and this and this and that. Here's what we did. We just redid our cancellation policy. There are 100% refunds up to August 1st. So that should take away anybody's risk because in about two or three months, we're all going to look back and when we're not even talking about this anymore, we're going to be like, man, and it's still too late now to sign up. Only 150 seats, AIBrainShare.com, AIBrainShare.com. And speaking of which, one of the great guests who's going to be at BrainShare is the one and only, they also call him the captain. We're going to call him Dave Jackson. How are you doing, man? I'm great. Uh, San Juan, correct? That's right. San Juan, Puerto Rico. I will be there, brother. I know. I know, man. You guys need to take yours over to Hawaii, dude. You just take it off the mainland. I know you guys have flirted with that idea. You need to to do it, dude. I'm I'm not opposed to it, but we haven't pulled that trigger yet. Kind of take the temperature of our attendees, you know, and see, uh, are they willing to take the time, spend the money, mm-hmm. all that. And also take the pulse of what I do by leaving the mainland. Like how many people, I, I do know there's a couple people that are not going to come because they just said, Jason, I don't fly over the ocean. And I mean, Terry? that may say, yeah, that may sound silly to some, but that's legitimate. Some people just flat out don't fly and they don't go to any conferences, uh, yeah. um, you know? So, I mean, it is so. It is what it is. So we'll, we'll see. Um, I wanted to go to another country, but I figured I would then be putting another 
um, challenge in the way of having to have a passport and all that stuff like that. Right. So I'm like, okay, then now I'm putting too many challenges in it. So we went there. My goal is to take it to Cuba. That's my goal. I was but just anyway, going to say that Cuba. Right next door. Boom, boom, boom. I tried, but they made yeah. me go out east there to Puerto Rico. So anyways, Dave, dude, thanks very much for coming on, man. This I is uh, this has been a long time coming. My loyal listeners know that uh, I've had requests for you to come on before. And uh, and I just I take them and I put them on my list. But I know and I get the right feeling when there's a time um, for us to do it. And when I went to San Diego this year and I saw the fantastic coming together, better together, agents from all different areas of the country different ethnic backgrounds. I mean, just all size of agencies, types of agencies. It was amazing. And it is, it is truly, I've been going to these conferences for a long time, been speaking at them. And IAOA really truly has become one of the elite conferences and get togethers and events in the nation and it's led by you and Nicholas and you guys have a host of help, but you two are the guys. So kudos to you on that, man. Thanks. And in just such a short period of time, six years old is all our group is. So um, I can't take the credit. It's because a whole bunch of people bought into our mission and uh, kudos to them because they're the ones that really make it all happen. Where'd the first one happen? So the first one we called a business conference and it was in, um, Anaheim in 15, 2015, 27 people showed up, no exhibitors, just a Saturday, Friday night dinner and a Saturday. We put together a business conference. Uh, several of us presented and we had roundtable discussion and that was it. That's how I was born and the rest is history. And boom, boom, boom. Now we're up to almost a thousand, just shy of a thousand, probably yep. over a thousand. If you if you talk about all the media, I mean, NBC, CBS, ESPN. I mean, you guys attract them all. And and it's just yep. it's 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 huge. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Fox. <laughs> Fox brings the biggest crew. It's like 300, 300 people, you know, on the ground. And then, then they've got, you know, their aerial show, you know. Totally. It's a lot to handle, you know, the media, especially. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, good time this year. Fantastic time. And mm -hmm. Dave, are you an iPhone or you a Droid user? iPhone. iPhone all the way. What's the last app you downloaded? Uh, let me look. I was a huge Droid guy. Um, and then I jumped o over the fence, I don't know, 10 years ago. So you want to really hear my last app? Yeah, I do. Binoculars light. light. <laughs> I had I had to zoom in because I can't see very good at a spring training game like this last weekend. Uh -huh. and I couldn't see the scoreboard super well. So I'm like, you know, there's got to be an app for that. So did it work well? It did. I don't need glasses. I just need my phone on, on my <laughs> in my pocket every day, every minute. <laughs> Yet another reason to have uh -huh. to have to have that thing. I tell you what. Exactly. Oh, oh my gosh! Yet another reason. Yet another reason. Uh, uh, Dave, do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Uh, I love to win. Any specific reason why you would say absolutely, that? Or? Absolutely, fear is not a good motivator. I don't. I don't operate due to avoidance of fear. I uh, I look for the reward.
Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. That is fear is not a great motivator. So oh, that- only who Donna, Dr. Dennis Whateley said, uh, fear is only a good motivator in war. Um, other than that, in everyday life, not so much. Boy, how true is that? Yeah, because in war, yeah, in war, it's like that is a good point. That is the reason why you're out there and you're going to pay attention because you might get shot. Yeah, that's yeah. uh wow. Good point. Great, great saying there. If you had to narrow it down to two things in your life and we could say and I get to pick those two and I say it's skill or luck. What would you think has been a greater factor to lead you to where you are today? Well, here's the thing. Ninety nine point nine percent of people will say luck's not a real thing. Skill. You have to go with skill to answer that one. But I don't believe that. I believe in luck. Luck um, is, you know, call it luck, call it. There's a lot of different things you could call it or just fortune, good fortune, however you want. But uh, I believe you make your own luck. So is there skill involved with that? Sure. There's probably in every situation in life, but I'm going to go with luck and uh, over skill and uh, make my own luck. How's that? Right. I like it. I like it. And it makes absolute sense. And that's why I just love to hear people's thoughts there. Take us back as far as you want. Bring us forward to who you are today. You're a proud agency owner. Tell us how you got there. Uh, Right out of college. I'm from Iowa. Right out of college, I started with AAA in Iowa. They're obviously uh, operated as a motor club. They had a travel agency. And then they also had their own insurance company. They were a carrier, but they only operated in one state, Iowa. And they only had one line of business, personal auto. Uh, they were $5 million in premium, personal auto, one state only. Uh, I learned, worked for them for 11 years. And then along the way, uh, at a couple of all-state agencies, spent most of my 40 years in the insurance industry on the captive side. AAA out of college, a couple of all-state agencies, one in Iowa, one in Nebraska. Later on, moved to Arizona. Been here 11 years now. And I was a state farm agent. <laughs> That's the funniest story of all. Uh, here I was captive. And, you know, when you work on the captive side, Allstate was two in every second in market share in every place where I had an agency. And so, but state farm was, you know, three times bigger in terms of market share. And so right. you always felt like you're on the JV team. And you wanted to, you wanted to finally get your chance, come off the varsity bench. So when I moved to Arizona, I had a chance to, on the varsity team. So I went to State Farm. <laughs> Here's what I found out though. Um, I was too much of a rebel for State Farm. They didn't I like can see that. I can yeah, see that. They did not offer me uh, you go eight through eight months of training, open your office, one year of kind of like probation, and then we either offer you a uh, full permanent contract or we don't. And they said, no, nah, we don't see this working out. So I said <laughs> Adios, amigos. I'm out of here. So that's how I became independent six years wow. ago, over six years ago. Yep. Because of wow. the farm. Never looked like, back. Best decision ever. Back. Best thing ever they could have done for me. Thank you very much, Mother mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, that is uh that's fantastic. Yeah, those guys, those guys are something else. Um they yeah, all the direct Yeah. No, so it's uh, funny uh, that that they have their rhyme and their reason, and you know you can't you can't fault them, right? You can say, Uh-oh. "Man, Uh-oh. here I was." They said I wouldn't make it, and I made it over here. Well, maybe I mean I was the same way, Dave, and maybe they were right, and we are both right. Maybe that's the place 
we could thrive would be the independent market. And and I think we could have thrived in as a state farm agent, but obviously they have the metrics that say, this is actually what this person looks like and is going to create. And you know, they're the largest insurance company in the world. So um, I think we're both right is what I'm trying to say, because I think we found out, we found out that this is where, where our holy, our holy land is. So when did you start? uh, What is it? Is it Jackson? What's the name of the agency? Jackson Insurance Group. Yeah. That's That's what I thought. Insurance Group. Yep. When did that start? December of 13. Fantastic. All right. Yeah. So that's, that's great. And, and let me tell you, let me, what kind of, are you guys personal lines, commercial lines? We're 80 uh, personal, 20, we have a couple of smaller uh, commercial niches. Okay. That's mm-hmm. great. And, and as, I mean, I know you're heavily busy. It, what is something that, um, are you a main producer in your office or do you have other producers? What's your office look like? So I, um, I've got a staff of three myself and three others total of four and i personally produce i do it because i love it and you like it. yeah I, I will not stop producing i just that's one thing i enjoy so i hire people to do the other things that i have to do and outsource and so that still allows me time to produce because i don't believe in this you must work on your agency and not in your agency that's bullshit if you want to do what you want to do do what you want to do be you right so i uh personally produce always have and always will and i do it because i enjoy it more than anything by far see you've got a midwest attitude that's the thing about you dave i just discovered this when you started this with iowa you know i you you got see see I was born in Arizona but I was raised in the Midwest and and that's where you and I are very similar here this is all making sense now to me Jackson oh it's, it's coming completely clear yeah it really truly is because yeah. you you've got that hey I love what you just said this on or off the business you don't believe that shit it's it's do what's good for you that's a Midwest attitude that's yeah. a Midwest attitude it really truly is and we're not talking about these 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 crazy liberal areas where like do what you want to do that's you right now we're getting we're trying to stay within the insurance realm here right now folks right. but what we're talking is is be your own person and that's what this what this podcast is about that's what that's what we try to do is um there's no one size fits all our agencies are fingerprints they're all unique and our business plans are all unique and you know what we're all here so that means they all work and and i i agree with uh, with your stance on that anything to add that's why we're independent. Hence the name. Hence the, the name. name. Yes. Yeah. And, and I call it an attitude. So just be independent. Do do what works for you. That's you, right. You do you. You do you. What's yeah. something that people don't know about you, Dave? Um, like the average person, you've probably on some, maybe you don't do it daily. Hold on. Maybe you don't do it weekly or monthly. But there's that thing that you do that you've thought to yourself, like, you know what? Most of my friends... Most people in the industry, they, they don't realize that I do this. What What is that thing? Hmm. Well, I put my shoes and socks on foot by each foot. So one sock, one shoe, and <laughs> one sock, one shoe. I don't do both socks and then both shoes. I don't know who does that, who started that, but they need to stop that right so, now. So wait a, minute, wait a 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 minute. So you do... One sock, then you put the shoe on, then you yep. do another sock and put the shoe on. Right. Don't put two socks on first. No, that's so I, I put the socks on first. Oh, okay. 
I'm going to have to hire you some help because that's so wrong. Man. <laughs> I don't know why. You would, why would you do that? Okay. Because then if you're like, oh, I don't have time for my shoes, then you're going to get up and run around in your socks. Right. That doesn't make sense because if you're going to put shoes on, just do it and get going. <laughs> that's how I look at it. But, yeah. Now, but if you have one sock on and one shoe on and then like somebody says, hey, and then you have to like you have to if I had two socks on, I could run over there. Now I'm running all I'm not even I'm throwing my back out. I've got one shoe on. Yeah, right. I could I could see somebody letting that happen to him. But I'm like, I would just say, dude, calm down. I got another <laughs> sock and a shoe to put on. So, you know, if the coronavirus kills you tomorrow, you'll you'll have toilet paper in the meantime. So just chill. I'll, I'll be there when I get there. Calm down, dude. Right. I have I have a sock and shoe to put on. Exactly. Oh, yeah, I guess that, I guess that could be the remedy. That could definitely be the remedy. What's something you enjoy doing? Do you like to Do you like to ride bikes? You look like a bike rider. I, no? I, yeah, I do. I um I have a mountain bike, and I like to get out on the trails. We have great trails here in Arizona. But um, what I like to do, I like to travel. I travel as much as I can. Where's the last place you went? Um, last place? Mm-hmm. San Diego. I haven't been anywhere since San Diego. Believe That's, it or not. I mean, that was only a month yeah. or so ago. So, yeah, yeah it's not yeah. too far ago. I mean, but, guy's got to work. Right. Well, it doesn't have to, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes show up. Uh, <laughs> But no, I've been, uh, here's one thing you asked, what do people don't know about me? So mm-hmm. uh, in the last 15 years, maybe, I've been to the Hawaiian Islands a total of 40 or 50 times. Wow. Yeah, that's my paradise. Okay, so I see how you mix that in with what your answer was with travel. Holy cow. So like, my gosh. And I mean, Holy cow. You yeah. really like to go. And you obviously didn't go as a child. So there's many, many years you've went more than once. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I've been to Maui more than anywhere, uh, more many, more than any of the islands of Maui. Um, but I've been to all of them at least four times. What yeah. is it that pulls you there, dude? I, You know, that's it. I don't know. I like the culture. The culture is the coolest thing. It's like, you know, the Filipino islands, you know, and the and – the, Mm-hmm. Asian, Asian areas, um, but they have their their culture, and so I try to get away from the touristy stuff because I've seen all that now. But um, and find as much culture as I can. Get in with the people. Yep. Yep, that's what I do. I did that tourist stuff uh, with Cuba, but man, that second time I got there and I got in with the people and I was in eating in a house off the street, eating with their food and their families and stuff, man. That's when you really get to know a place, you know? That's what it's all about. And do you do a lot of hiking and stuff like that while there? I don't do, uh, you mean Hawaii? Yeah, Hawaii and stuff, yeah. Um, so... I'm going to say it was my last visit. It was Maui, and a group of us, seven of us, went on a hike. So do you know the road to Hana? Have you ever been to the road to Hana? No, I've never been to the road to Hana. Okay, so there's a road on the north uh, east coast, uh, travels right along the coast. There's 52 one-lane bridges, so it's a slow, winding, turning road. It takes half a day to get out to the town of Hana, H-A-N-A. That's where Jim Neighbors, Gomer Pyle, he's famous for living there. Uh, but anyway, you'll have lunch, and then you come back, and it's an all-day trip. So um, before we – about a few miles into the road to Hana, this last trip, 
we pull off the side of the road and they say, we're, this is where we're going hiking. And I thought hiking was like, you know, uh, mountainous and that, oh no, this is, um, rainforest hiking. You ever done that? Talk about mm-hmm. a blast. So wow. you just cut into a hole in the bamboo on the side of the road that's been carved out for years and years. And it's like a three mile hike, but it's just like through rivers wow. and streams and, and through rainforest and it rains after the, it took us three hours, four hours maybe. And uh, that's the first time I've been on that hike. And that was, I almost died though. I honest to God. So, um, I didn't prepare very well. I didn't have the right shoes. I had hiking shoes, but this isn't, you need water shoes because you're knee deep in water and and Ah. trudging through. It's a blast, but I didn't have the proper, proper equipment. So one of the guys that was uh, with us, he's like, I'm a native Hawaiian. Uh, He hadn't lived there for years, but he's like, I did this as a kid. So here you take my shoes. And he had actual water shoes, which was what way you have. at the end you swim a hundred yards to get to the to the waterfall at the end so that's the whole thing so I'm coming, yeah i'm coming back and now it's raining the rocks are slippery and so we've got to go super super slow so you don't slip and fall and i even though i had his shoes on i slipped and fell in a stream and i hit my head on a rock and oh my gosh dave uh, tell me about it and i thought i was gonna i didn't i didn't know what happened it happened so quick uh, but they they kind of swarmed around me and they did this religious, this is what they tell me, they did this religious, I don't know what you call it, sing, I guess, uh, and poured over me and boom, I'm like, I wake up, I pop up, I'm like, we need to get out of here. It's raining. <laughs> so just like that. And going backwards oh was oh treacherous. It was pouring rain. And I'm like, are we going to make it? Seriously, I was in doubt. So uh, I think it took four hours and we finally got back and um, Kevin, uh, the guy who was like, to, to gave me his shoes. He's like, uh, dude, you're a rock star. I'm like, what are you talking about? I feel like I, I'm an incapable 90 year old who just, you know, just made it, you know, made it to survival uh, for the rest of his few days, the rest of his life. And uh, he's like, no, man, what you just pulled off was unbelievable. So we talked about it and had a, had a, few adult drinks and, and laughed about it but uh oh, yeah goodness. well thank you you came back i mean man that, know, it, dude, the captain i mean what drive the sh- holy cow that is crazy how they did that i mean That's that an is absolute uh, true story yeah exactly how it happened i mean they were like dude you're lucky that you survived I'm like it's just a hike how bad could it be but so they said you don't remember. You obviously uh, don't remember it, right? He said unconscious for three minutes. So laying in a stream of flowing water. So oh I, I guess it could have been chip and tuck. Yeah. But so anyway, yeah, that, that's my hiking story. Amazing that you would ask about hiking because we do that here in Arizona. But that's the last time I hiked in Hawaii. And that's probably something that a lot of people do not know. And and now they do. So only the that, locals, only the locals know about that particular trail, and it goes up this stream. So I mean, there, no joke. There's a point where there's two uh, aluminum step ladders, ladders tied up with rope up a side of a mud cliff kind of thing, and you have to climb up that to keep going on the trail. It, I'm telling you, it takes a group of people. I don't know if you'd want to do it, and you definitely wouldn't want to do it when it's raining. 
because um, so you got to go up those two ladders and then crawl up. So it's it, it's uh, it's not for the faint of heart. That's for sure. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It doesn't even have a name. You just have to know it's there because all the locals do. But this guy did because he had grown up there. What do you think would you say is um, the state of our industry? What's it like right now, in your opinion, to be a business owner in this industry? Great question. It makes me think. Um, so seen a little bit, right? Yes, you have. I've seen the industry before the internet. That's been probably in my estimation, that's been the biggest advancement and allowed for all kinds of a new generation, a new age of technology. Prior to that, when I grew up, when I came in, uh, grew up in the industry, <laughs> Uh, we did three-part forms, carbon forms, right? Ten right. key punch, and I supervised uh, for the AAA in Iowa in their insurance administration department. I supervised a staff of fifteen in an apartment that was insurance processing, all paper. We had two people who were full-time file clerks who just moved the customer files around from desk to desk and tracked them and then filed them away. And yeah, that <laughs> that's back in the eighties. So. Um, but what's the state of the industry today? I hate to say this, but I think it needs to be said because I see most people, you know, like any industry, we're no different. Most people are newer, like 20 years or less. And so they don't know that part of the industry. But what's happened is the people who run our industry are the carriers. Agents would like to say they run it, but that's not true. So stop saying that. Uh, <laughs> it's, the, it's the carriers who run the business. They've got more money than they, they've got more money than the agencies do. They, they are the here uh, in terms of clients, customers, and agency. Um, and uh, they have been very, very, as, as you know, and most of our listeners know, very conservative industry. And the carriers have been slow to embrace technology. When they did embrace technology, I'll call it Generation Y, um, you know, it was all mainstream stuff. There's no micro computer systems. It was all mainstream. You had a computer mm -hmm. room, temperature controlled, and, you know, these huge mainframes, and, and that's how they operated. So to make switches as fast as technology moves been very difficult for them. Very difficult. Very. So, and it's very costly. And so, you know, I was a State Farm agent seven years ago. They still operated a DOS system called NECO. All state... Um, operated an older system called All-Star, and uh, they were still DOS systems. This is in the 2010 plus, not that yeah. long ago, they and they were still operating DOS. So why don't they do it? It's money. It all boils down to money every single time. It's hugely expensive to transfer uh, data and manage it properly and make a transition and invest in new hardware and software technology to because knowing that you're going to have to do it again in five more years and do it all again, over again. So they resist and, and, you know, it's a lot of piecework and patchwork and that frustrates a lot of the newer folks, but you have to understand where the business, where the history and industry has come from. And if you do and truly see it that way and view it like some of the soul farts have, you'll know and see what they've gone through. And so you'll have a little better, a more respect 
for carriers and the way they do business because, you know, we all get frustrated by some of the things they do. Um, and I'm not just saying one or two, all of them, mm-hmm. um, things like that we True. don't care for at some point in time. So uh, I would say the biggest state of the industry today is the frustration due to logic, uh at a pace that the rest of the industry would like to see. Customers would say, I want it, you know, at, at, at my pace, I want to be able to touch you when I want to, how I want to. And uh-huh. so technology has helped with that. Agents are wanting to, you know, support me 100%. Don't go direct. Don't be a hybrid. Just support the agency system and uh, on, on both sides, captive and independent, doesn't matter. Uh, and so they're frustrated with that. The carriers look to most of them are stock companies. Um, you know, there's a few mutuals, but uh, most of them are stocks. So you have to satisfy the stockholders. So they're going to do what they have to do in order to make money in the end and true. make sure the stock bar, their stock stays viable because the shareholders are uh, who they report to. Um, and so man, that's it in a nutshell. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. It is. It is. And I and I and I really like I really like that because I, I think that's where we are. Um, I believe that the carriers, I think you speak very highly of them. And I think we should because it's all justifiable. I do feel as if um, technology has now um, brought us to a more level playing field to where as they start to redo some of these legacy systems, as they start to think about the future and in other newer ventures who are still stumbling but they're going to figure, they're going to find their footing soon are going to give them competition so they're going yeah. to have to change yep. the consumers demanding it on their side yep. and so i think what it does is is it is it it gives it opens up the opportunity and opens up the door for the carrier and the agent to really be on the le- same level playing field because majority of these agents i mean the majority of them are more sophisticated when it comes to our insurance companies as a whole, we're doing more e-docs and e-signatures and, and we have, a, we, we're more open to it because as you said, it's, it only costs me five to $10,000 to change all my technology, right? right? Yeah, it costs yeah. them 10, five to 10 million easily mm-hmm. to just even start thinking about changing there. So I get that. I get that. But I think that more this is uh, the technology is opening and providing a great opportunity for us to be on a level playing field. So that they have no advantage over us. We have no advantage over them to where we finally start sharing. That is when that is when this gets electric. This is when this gets dynamic is when we are all in an open room to where we are sharing to where if something is going on with the carrier, I should be able to see the service work that the carriers had to do for that client. Just not here's the last things that we mailed them. No, like when did my client call in? How did they call in? 
why are they calling in on with you on this number, but I have these three numbers and I can't get a hold of them, but you already knew that. This, this sharing and understanding of putting everybody on the same level playing field, not just the BS downloads that we get from claims. Like, I want to see what they see on claims. I want to know what that conversation was with that adjuster and what was said. Where's the recording to that? Where's the emails that corresponded? Because what it does is it allows us to create a better experience for the customer by helping out the company to where this used to be so dependent upon the company that they had to do all this stuff. But as I said, technology is bringing that opportunity now for them to say, hey, we want you guys to do more because you, we understand agents that you're part of the, the, the process to making this retention high and to making this business model successful. I think that that's what technology is doing. And that's what I like what you say when I ask you the state of the industry. You really hit it right on with that. That was, that was, that was, uh, that was, I think that's something a lot of people know, but it's, it's good to hear Dave Jackson say that that is something that uh, really sticks out in your mind. Anything yeah. to add? No, that's it. Okay. That wraps- Let's change this back over to this great organization of IAOA that you have. And I want to talk, let's talk about some of the people that are in there. It's a ginormous organization now. I mean, it started out, as you said, these first 27 with the with the meeting and stuff, the business conference thing. And and now it's grown to then this Facebook group. How many people are in the Facebook group right now? Uh, 6,500 right now. 6,500. And then and those are agency owners. Yep. All of them are 100% independent, no captives. Agency principals, owners, they must have an ownership stake. Must have an ownership stake. So see, that's 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 the key thing. Yeah. And the organization and the people that you've been able to bring together inside there are absolutely ginormous. I would love to see in 10 to 15 years what Facebook groups looks like. Yeah, won't that be cool? Uh-huh. It will because you guys embody the power that we didn't see of Facebook 10 years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. Facebook are known for their groups. They're even starting to advertise that. Like yeah, they're like TV ads they run. Yep. Yeah. They're starting to push that. I think they're starting to, if you may want to see it, starting to see their corner of the market that they have. LinkedIn groups are not the same. I don't even know if there's Twitter groups and that other stuff because I don't I don't that Twitter to me is evil. So I, I don't know, I don't know about all that. But I'm just saying that I think their groups are dynamic and electric. And you guys, once again, embody that. And it because the reason why I say that Facebook needs to concentrate on that more is using you guys as an example. There's so much meat in there. There's so much good information. And sometimes it gets swallowed up just by not bad information, just normal talk and stuff going on in there. And it's there's got to be, and maybe we haven't seen it yet as a society, and it'll be obvious when we see it. It's got to be a better way to organize these conversations that are that are happening inside of of these groups. In my opinion, Facebook is organizing them on the backside so that they can collect the data. How do we use that on the customer facing side, us, to be able to organize our data and understand it a little bit better inside of our groups? Well, you know? here's the thing about it, because I, I get that question often, very often. Um, you have to understand, Facebook is nothing but a website, and people voluntarily join and offer their own personal data to Facebook. So mm-hmm. photos you put on Facebook, anything you type in terms of words, the videos, that 
None of that is owned by you once you upload it to Facebook. Facebook now owns it. Everybody thinks, oh, that's mine. Mm, that's Facebook's. You gave it to them voluntarily when you signed your terms and service agreement. True. So when you talk about data, it's not our data. Facebook can do whatever they want. This is why they are worth how many billions of dollars today. Mm-hmm. They've leveraged their data to make it a profit-making venture. Kudos to them. Good for them. But I think the best way to look at it, at least from my viewpoint, is to take their platform, use it the way they've made it available, ask them to make enhancements to make it more user-friendly for us. I'm talking about Facebook users and Facebook group admins. I belong to a a group just for people who admin a Facebook group. There's a specific group for them, and I belong to that. And that one's mainly, uh, insanely helpful. It's unbelievable. So uh, when I hear other people talk about groups they have and hundred mm-hmm. thousand, several hundred thousand members, little bitty groups, and they all do things similar and different. And there's a lot to learn there. So, uh, you know, this is a group that I started six years ago, January, uh, and had no idea it was going to be where it is today. 6,500 members later, I had no clue. Yeah, it was really by accident. Although the mission I had when I started was exactly the same as it is today. Collaborative effort. And I only wanted to um, limit it to independence, no captives, no uh, carriers, no, it must be agency, no carriers, no vendors, no outsiders that way. And it must be principles because we have discussions, you see them, we have discussions that I would not want a CSR of mine to read. Correct. Uh, and because of the topics and opinions that are imposed. So the reason why, and, and be, by doing it that way, owners feel like they've got a safe haven to be able to ask questions, share their information. And so that's why it's flourished is because it's, you know, in, in our case, it's a, a place where people can be feel safe, ask questions, get help. And the beauty of it is veterans, love helping out the young folks mm-hmm. the young the young folks come with their you know unbiased new vision ideas about how they see things in their world in this industry and together we collaborate and we make our own individual lives better because of it and the knowledge and information we gain and uh, it seems to seems to work we've talked about taking it off to another platform you know, online on our website, uh, different ways. And we just, every time we get to the, to the decision-making process, it's like Facebook just makes it too easy for us. It does. Number one to access. Everybody's a member for the most part. There's a handful or not that won't get in our group. That's fine. And it's on your phone. It's mobile, you know, 80 from probably over 90% now access uh, most of those social media things, uh, apps, uh, VS mobile. So, uh, we just, we just can't let that go yet. There's nothing better yeah. uh, yet that we've, that we've looked for. So, um, how long will that continue? I don't know. I'm not like married to Facebook. If something better came along, I'd be open to it. But, uh, you know, when you talk about top five businesses in the world or companies in the world, Google, Facebook, Amazon, they're, they're there. So how do you like, how do you walk away from the top until somebody invents a better mousetrap? It, it could well, happen. 
Well, and like you said, they're there, but you could even say that they're there. Like that's where your members are every day, right? They're inside Facebook anyway, so they're there too. So top five, they're there and they're there inside those top five. And you know, know, and one of the things, I hear this said a lot. So there's people listening and and I don't know if we've ever discussed this, but um, on, on this podcast is that there has to be, we have to understand, you'll hear people say, well, one of these days Facebook is going to charge. There's no amount of money that they could possibly charge you or I that would make up for the amount of money they get off of us no, for free. No, they're not going to charge ever. They, ever. they won't even charge a dollar. They won't even charge a dollar. And, no. and people, people can't understand that concept. And those who don't, don't understand that we're the product, not it. And so- Data so, is so much more valuable than money. So much more. But sometimes- Though, Dave, I like to frame it this way. The profit comes from products and services. That's where products come from. That's where profit comes from. And sometimes to define who's the product or not, you just have to look at where the product or where the profit is coming from. And when we look at Facebook and we wonder, well, they're not going to ever charge us for it. Yes, because of the data, but they're never going to charge us for it because we're actually the product because our data is their profit. That's their product. And and so that's very, very important. Loyal listeners, you've heard me talk about this before when we talk about TVs. TVs are made and sold at cost today because they don't need a profit on the TV. They're going to sell the data of you watching that TV to third-party people, third-party companies that are going to use that data and pay them for that. So they don't just want to sell you a TV for $1,000 that costs them 500 to make. They want to try and figure out how do we get it to you for exactly what our costs are because we want to get as many as we can out there so that we can collect as much data as we want. The profit is us, therefore, or the profit is coming from us, so therefore we are the product. Same thing of what Dave is saying here. And that's very, very important for us to understand why they want, I mean, what other business out there would create a website and let us just be out there for free playing around it, it doesn't really make much sense what how how are you monetizing that they are monetizing that through us loyal listeners that's how they're doing that so so it's very very great you put that that way because it is it's very very important uh any shout outs to any uh couple members anybody that you want to just kind of uh, and say thanks to for the I. I mean, Brandon Smith has been a has been a huge Grant Botham. I think everybody knows that. Anybody else that does things behind the scene that deserves recognition, Dave? Well, Brandon and Grant that you just mentioned, Brandon Smith and Grant Botma, they were two of the original founders alongside myself and Nicholas when we started this mm-hmm. six years ago. So that's why a lot of people know Grant and Brandon. Others, I would just feel so bad because there's so many, so many, so many to mention. I would leave so many out. I, I, I really hate okay. to do that. I, that's you know, fine. What I could say is uh, the original 27 who met in Anaheim, I'm not going to name 27 names, but that group, they bought into the concept and, and really helped spurt it and they know who they are. So if they're listening to this, when this gets aired, they'll know that they are very much appreciated. And that's great. Yeah, we love their loyal conference attendees. They just they, they bought into our whole mission of selflessness, innovation and collaboration. And they they live it in their daily lives. And I, I love them for that. Dave, are you a uh, reader? Avid. 
I don't watch so that, te- watch that tells us immediately that tells us immediately that you're a leader since you're a reader. And with since that, can you tell us what you're reading? I'm still almost not finished with uh, Grant's book. You uh, do. I, I've noticed uh-huh. that. That's right. Uh-huh. I give away five five subscriptions just whenever it strikes me and I feel like it. I just gave away um, five of them. I don't know a few weeks ago. Um, it's still a paper magazine. Although, you know, most of us are digital these days. I get it. But there's still something about pulling out a magazine, opening it up, wherever you happen to be, traveling or at home, wherever, and just thumb through and... and Flipping through the pages. Do do things the old-fashioned way. I've liked it for years and years and years, uh, even before they went digital. They're they're now on only a quarterly publishing basis, which is sad. They've made some uh, changes in leadership and management. But, you know, they talk to successful people around the world. And I've been an entrepreneur pretty much all my life. And so I, I just crave for knowledge about how entrepreneurs uh, come up with ideas that help make the world better. Yeah, because we're everywhere and we do fantastic things. And if there wasn't you know, people like us who are out there taking risks, this world would be so boring. Yeah. And on and on the same time that uh, people out there who don't take risks say, yeah, well, if it's people like you that wouldn't take risks, we'd be so safe. So I think it's the mixture of being safe and being boring and being crazy and being wild that gives us Dave Jackson, Jason Cass in America, right? It takes all of us to make a village. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So in the meantime, man, I really appreciate you taking your time. We've been on here wrapped for about 45 plus minutes and uh, it's been good. I like, I think um, our listeners who know of Dave Jackson through IAOA have now got to kind of really get a feel for who you are and get to know you better. And uh, there's nothing like a good survival story. <laughs> That's me. I'm a crusty old, you know, sometimes stick, <laughs> stick in the mud, but you know what? I do embrace, I do embrace change. I will say that. Yes, you do. I'm just uh, right there as, as much as the millennials are in embracing change and wanting to bring about all the change that they'd love to see our industry embrace. I don't discourage him from that. I, sometimes caution them because they think they can change the world overnight. I'm just here to tell you that's not likely to happen, but, Mm -hmm. uh, but don't stop what you're doing, you know, plug forward and, and uh, do what you got to do. So, yeah. So Hey, I appreciate you letting me come on. This has been awesome. I I love being able to share uh, at least the IOA story. It's been an incredible ride in such a short period of time. And, and I thank Nick and Grant and Brandon and you and Hanley and all the rest of, see here I did, I've left out 6,000 plus members that I <laughs> should have should have mentioned. And, uh, but there's been a, just a whole host of people who have uh, stepped up and said, hey, we're here to march with you. And uh, it's just super, super grateful and thankful for that. Yeah, yeah, it really truly is, and 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 thank you very much. And if somebody wants to reach out to you, how uh, how can they uh, find you? So Dave D A V E at IAOA dot com. That's the easiest way. Is That's that, right. That's about the easiest email you've heard in a long time. That about is is about the easiest uh, yeah. that I've ever heard. Yep. It really truly is. David, IOA. That's it, man. And I, you know what? I gotta give you kudos. Three times, and by my count, I took tick marks three times. You said IOA correctly today. So <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate you, brother. 
Uh, you could be on a roll. Who knows? You might run, uh, you might run this streak up into the hundreds. No, 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 no. I not. And you know, and and here's the yeah, thing I want to just do because I want to. You know, thank you very much, man. And and um, I I actually had to stop and purposely say it so you can tell when I'm not and I'm yep. just flying through and ranting. Yep. Yep. Um, love everything that they have done, loyal listeners. If you get a chance, reach out to Dave. Say, reach out to him. Say thanks. Um, you've probably seen him before. You shook his hand. He's Captain Dave. Uh, him and Nicholas work their butt off. There is a whole slew of people behind the scenes. A couple people I just wanted to point out. I'm just literally, I'm on the Facebook group right now. And I'm just looking at, and I'm seeing Eric Murray out there, Shane Eastman. Uh, look, Matt, Matt Naomi is just is posted in there. These are the type of people that you find yeah. in there. Yeah, Cameron, Cameron Brown, Eric Murray's in there again. I mean, I'm just Alicia Cavanaugh. I'm sitting here, Mike Farrell. I'm, I'm, I'm the Tracy Meek. Jose, Sean Goral, David Rosen, Cynthia Auden. Yeah, I'm just in here. I'm just flipping. And I yeah, that's what I want to do. I just want to let people know these are the type of people that are in there. So if you are an independent insurance agency owner or you have, as you said, an ownership interest in the agency, reach out to Dave. Go there. I-A-O-A Insurance Agency Owners Alliance. And go out there and search them. And it's just not so much the Facebook page, but look uh, look for their group. So, uh, and Dave, uh, Dave will be sure to, I think you literally approve every one of them, don't you, Dave? 100%. We're 100%. Very, we're very diligent about who we allow in. Here's how I got to, I will tell you something. I know you got to close up here. That's fine. Um, no, that's fine. I, I published the, the analytics statistics in the group every so often. We disapprove. 150% more than we allow uh, to become members because there are so many people, there are CSRs, so the non-title, you know, non-ownership types, captains, mm-hmm. uh, industry marketers, carriers, third-party vendors want to become part of the group. It's a private closed Facebook group, but it is only for agency principals. And it will not, that will not change because I, every time I take a poll, it's a unanimous vote. Do not change it, please. Keep it mm-hmm. as owners only, independent, no captives. Yep. So I this year I think I've like disapproved four or five hundred and allowed two hundred and fifty, something like that. So it's almost a two to one ratio because that's I'm awesome. Very diligent about and unfortunately, when you got a good thing, people want to part of want to be a part of it and they find ways to uh Oh my gosh, I not, can only imagine. Not on, not on the up and up, let's say, uh, <laughs> gain entrance. And so I've got to play a little bit of detective. And uh, Any crazy stories that just come off the top of your head before oh, we wrap up? Oh that would be funny. To... <laughs> uh, so <laughs> now I'm not going to tell any in- individual stories because. No. Okay, that's cool. Because, that's all right. Uh, it, it would just blow your mind to what extent people. Okay, I will tell one story. So there was a guy that we had to boot from the group because of his his attitude and his language, and he was just out of control. And so we had to remove him. So what did he do? He went to the FBI. He went to the local police, the local sheriff's office. I got booted from a Facebook group. And I went back in, Mr. Authority, law, law enforcement authority. And I just like, yeah, uh, threatened Whoa. lawsuits. So there, I mean, there's crazy people in every industry. Every wow. Life. 
But seriously, and he was he was legit an independent agency owner, so he gained entrance legitimately. He just couldn't keep his shit together. So I'm like, dude, it's our sandbox. You can you're welcome <laughs> to play in it, but you have to play by our group rules. If you don't, go create your own sandbox and play there. I don't really care. But the admin of the group gets to create, you know, the environment and the way that people are expected to to behave. And if mm-hmm. you can't adhere to that, we're not a good fit. So move on. Can you imagine? Can you imagine when this guy loses a client, how he acts? I know. God forbid he loses something on oh, AOR. I know. Oh, shoot. And, and he got his CSR involved, and she was his girlfriend. Oh my gosh! It was. If, wow. If I, yeah, if we could have put a reality show on TV, uh, you know, it would have been it. That had been the one. But yeah, so there's crazy cases like that where people are overzealous and just don't don't know how to play by the rules and don't want to play by the rules and try to break the rules. And so we we monitor it for I don't make it. I don't want to make it sound like that's an everyday. Occurrence no, because it's not. I understand. But we when understand. it does happen, it sticks out like a sore thumb because it's so rare. So um, it, it makes for funny stories is really all it does. Dave, thank you very much for all Absolutely, you do. Really yes, do. I appreciate it. You do. Tell you, you do a great job for your listeners. I, we all nah, appreciate it. Thank you, and I and I really do. I really truly enjoy it, and I hope that and I think that they know it. Loyal listeners, I do what I do, and I do it for you. And I do it once again to bring people like you to Dave Jackson, so that you can get to know the heart of who our industry is—the big players who are controlling lots of minds and hopes and dreams of people—by saying, "Hey, here's an area that we can share. We can all get better." Um, And then once we all get better and we're all standing on firm ground, technology will help us become equals to our carriers until I think the ecosystem of insurance. And when that happens, that betters everybody. People like David is is trying to, David is in a um, probably an unconscious way collecting these people and not realizing that it's important that we all do march in the same direction. Doesn't necessarily mean we have to take the same path. Doesn't necessarily mean we have to take the same road. But as long as we know the general direction of where we're heading, what's best for everybody, that's what matters. For that to happen, you have to bring people together. That's why they created hashtag better together. And IAOA is an example, that's four times, Dave, is a great example of how we should be sharing and working together. It will not be long before the data that Facebook controls, we will be able to control of the own data that we have in our customers and our files of our customers. That's their data. They've given us permission to have their data and use it for the means to better service them. How though, in the the process of servicing them, are we collecting our own data that can help best us serve, but also share that at a company level so that they can best serve that same person. When we're doing it together, that's what matters. Sometimes when we think together, we think of just our we think of just agents, but we do have to think of carriers. Dave was quick to point that out. Dave's been on both sides of the fence. Dave knows. Thank you very much for listening to us. I do greatly appreciate you. Tell me your thoughts, tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say because this has been Agency Intelligence Podcast, where we gave you a real agent, Dave, inside a real agency, Jackson Insurance Group, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that the agency and the industry tries to make you believe. This is Cass, that's Jackson, and we're out. Hey, agents, listen to this, listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it, think of it. 
really. We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.